And he's like, but before I send it in, he's like, draw me a phantom piece because you have no phantom in your portfolio. Mm. And he's like, and I'll send it out to the crew and see what they say. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I done a phantom piece and I gave him some examples of work and he sent it to the phantom for me. Mm-hmm. And um, they got back to me and he's like, the, the dude's like, oh, you know, um, your phantom piece, like apparently you said, where they get the licensing to print the Phantom comics, oh. this company called Kings, right, they're really picky, like really, really picky. Right. You know, so when I drew my first Phantom, mm. I took a few liberties. Like, I'm like, okay, I understand like, what he's meant to look like, mm. but, you know, I might, I don't know, I might add, like, a little seam line on his costume or something. Like, you know, I drew his eyes a little bit smaller than they usually are. Yeah. And they didn't, they're like, that's not going to get approved. Apart from that, oh. the, I knew the artwork wasn't, you know, wasn't that good either. Mm. Like he gave me, that was the excuse. It wasn't going to be approved because his eyes were too small and um, his face didn't look like the traditional phantom face. He, oh, like, wow. Made him a bit, yeah, giving him like a bigger nose and whatever. Oh. And um, so he was like, fix up that face for me and we'll talk again. Oh, hi there. How's it going? It's me, Jordan. Welcome again to another lovely, wonderful, badass, super cool, laser-eyed, robots-in-future-style podcast, or rather episode, of Making Lemonade, the podcast. How are we, everybody? Um... This week we have a fantastically fun episode for you in store, and I have got my friend, whom I met only last year, and have built quite a fond bond, yes that's a rhyme, a fond bond with, his name is Camillo. Now, I'm not going to even try and say his last name, but you probably know him as Camillo as well. He just recently, and if you're a Phantom fan, you know him as Camillo. He just recently did a back cover for The Phantom as one of his first published works. Um, He has been around all of the Supernovas and Oz Comic Cons. He is a great guy. He is a local Sydney illustrator. And I finally got him on as the first guest, first illustrator guest, um, talking just illustration. I mean, I had Will Lehman on, and I will be having him on soon. See, he too is a good friend, but we just talked Infinity War on that episode. So this time around, I finally got got around to having a chat with with, uh, Camillo, and fuck, was it fun? We went longer than we thought we would. Um... And we just kept chatting and chatting. I uh, initially sent him some questions, some predisposed questions that I'd come up with and didn't think that they would take up so much room. Actually, I didn't end up getting through all of them because he answered most of the questions for me anyway. Um, however, as I said, this was a very fun episode. Um, Kem's a great guy. He's very, 
very supportive of fellow artists, is very supportive of the comic arts scene, and he's one of the guys, one of the one of the best guys to get advice from in the sense of um, he's he's kind of been quite supportive of me whenever I'm feeling kind of shit about my work, or whenever you know I feel like I'm not doing as well as others, or I'm comparing myself habitually to others. I suppose um, he's just one of those guys that kind of taught me just do your thing, like do whatever the hell you want, have fun with it, um, and don't worry about you know clicks and people's uh, people's worlds and being a part of everything that everyone's doing because you can't possibly be a part of that. Anyway, regardless, I just have been um, the two of us both live in Sydney, but we're you know reasonably far away from each other, so I've never been able to sit down with him and really have a chat um, beyond, you know, instant messaging on Facebook and all that kind of thing. Um, so it was really great to sit down and have a real chat with him and, and the two of us get along, you know, like a house on fire because we're quite similar personalities, I like to think. Um, and he's, you know, just a just a dead set, downright fantastic guy. Um, so without further ado... Let's get into it, because it's quite a long episode, and I don't want this intro to be too long. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, stay weird, introducing Camillo. Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap Where fake niggas don't make it back I don't know how to start this Rappers are monkey flipping with the funky rhythm I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition Of pain, I'm like Scarface, sniffing cocaine Holding an M16, see with the pen I'm extreme Now, bullet holes left in my peak holes I'm suited up with street clothes Hand me a nine and out the feet froze Y'all know my stilo, with or without the airplay I keep some E&J, sitting bent up in the stairway I either on the corner, betting grants with the CeeLo champs Laughing at base heads, trying to sell some broken amps G-packs get off quick forever Niggas talk shit, reminiscing about the last time the task force flipped. Niggas be running through the block shooting. Time to start the revolution. Catch a body head for Houston once they caught us off guard. The Mac 10 was Alright. I suppose we just get into it. Um the first question, bro, was when did you start drawing? When did I start drawing, bro? I've been drawing since I was old enough to hold a pencil. Probably <laughs> like I reckon about four or five years old. Okay. Yeah. And you just never stopped? Yeah, man, like, my mum used to draw, she used to paint and draw and stuff. Oh, okay. She was, um, she was a draft person, like an architect. Oh, right. So I used to sit in the study and she used to be designing, um, like, houses and shit, and I'd be drawing next to her. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, just from then, I've been drawing since then. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't realise yeah. your family were artists as well. That's dope. Yeah, you remember those, those um... What do you call those drafting boards you saw? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them was my mum's. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I thought I thought you said one of them was your uncle's or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, they, they were both um, in business together, so. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, that's dope. Oh, that's actually really cool. I didn't realize you were like family family of creatives. That's really cool, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel that. I did like, um, I think everyone asks me like how long you've been drawing. I always just say like, I don't know, since I was six, five, <laughs> just kind of stopped because all kids draw and like I just exactly. never stopped. Exactly. Like it's different. Like if you ask me how long I've been taking it serious for, well then like, I don't know, maybe five or six years. Otherwise, yeah. I've always been drawing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, man. Like, people always say, like, I can't draw a straight line to me. And I'm like, neither can I. That's why I draw superheroes and shit. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, nice, man. So, well, I suppose that's what... Um, that, that leads into the next question, which is, um, what inspired you to go professional? Well, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't consider myself professional. Oh, really? Like, I'm amateur and a half, but... Um, Really, man, like the money, bro. Like everyone wants to make money doing what you love. I don't want to work, so yeah, I'd rather like make money drawing. So that's what inspires me to, you know, aspire to become professional. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a day job? Yeah, bro. I've got like two or three day jobs, bro. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm a I'm an industrial designer, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't done that properly in a while. I'm just trying like. Little, little contracts here and there with it. Mm-hmm. I work in I work in retail as well. Okay. And plus everything I make from art because like I want to make a proper full time wage. Mm. but still have enough days off in the week to like do a you know a fair few hours of art a day. Oh like yeah. Way, I can work two part time jobs and like I'll have you know Wednesday off. I'll have a day off during the week and sometimes I have two days off during the week. But I'll work like. Three days out of like 12 hours, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, then you'll just smash all those hours out in the week and then you'll just yeah, have those other exactly. days. Uh, like I'd rather work like 12 to 15 hour days, three days a week, mm. and then have four days off a week to draw, mm. then work, you know, five days a week. Yeah, see, I do the opposite. I wish I could do that, but I'm working full time right now, yeah. for like Monday to Friday. So I don't start most days till like 10, 11, 30, but I kind of have to... Um, like schedule in work so if there's work I'll have to schedule it either in the afternoon when I come home or I'll schedule it first thing in the morning so I'll go and exercise or whatever and then just schedule it in first thing in the morning and make sure that like the most important shit that I'm doing is um is like at the top of that list and that gets done in the morning that it needs to be done or whatever it's a bit yeah I've I've completely understand or on the weekends the weekends are just like the only time I ever really have long periods of time to work it's that's fucking... shit man because when you come home in the afternoon like oh. even if you want to even if you want to draw <laughs> you're just gonna be too your, your brain is gonna be fried oh yeah you know, like I can't I can't do it like I can I can draw after work for maybe two or three hours mm. but when I put like a big day in it's usually when I don't have any other work on yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't had... I, since I started, like, because we just moved out recently. Yeah. And since I started this current job, I haven't really had any days, like, full days. Because then, you know, you know, you schedule shit on the weekend. You go see family yeah. or whatever because you're working during the week. And it's just, yeah. like, it's getting... It's so getting in the way. And it gets real, like... Sometimes I'm just stressed out because I'm like, I just yeah. want to draw. <laughs> I just want to have a day where I can just sit down and draw and get some shit done. <laughs> If you really try, you'll fit it in. Because like, I, I don't sleep much, man. I sleep maybe four or five hours a day. Yeah, shit. Sure. <laughs> I'll come home from work at about 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And then I'll jump into my garage and freaking, like, fuck around with one of my mates. Yeah. 
till like early hours of the morning, and then I'll just I'll just draw for you know three or four hours Shit. before I go to bed, and then before I know it, it's four a.m. Fucking know? hell! I don't know yeah, how you do that, man. You know, oh, I used to, yeah, wow. I used to do that. I used to do when I was doing my first comic book. I'd do that. I'd just fucking stay up all night and just work and work and work and work and work. And then I just started like it started getting to my head because I did um I did a job at the start of the year and the end of last year that was like night shifts, and that would like because it was you know um, disability care and there was like people sleeping. I had all these hours where I just like have an hour where I had to clean the house and then the other seven hours was just free to do whatever I wanted until they woke up at like, I don't know, four, five o'clock in the morning. And so I'd have like at least three hours there to do work, but that seriously just messed with my head. I was so concerned about going like crazy because my brain, because like just the sleeping during the day thing was killing me. It was just fucked like... But I, I suppose. I all my sleep on the weekend, man. Ah, yeah. Fair like, enough. T- today, I, I woke up when you messaged me. <laughs> really? So, yeah, that's when I woke up. But I, I haven't slept during the week, so. Mm. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared for deadlines and all that kind of thing. Once once it's proper, like, full-time professional, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to stay up late nights. Yeah. And especially, like, you know, we're having a kid and everything as well. So, we're going to have to. There's going to be. A, I'm not going to get very much work done in the mornings. Unless yeah. I can like go full time freelancing and just be like, okay, that's my job. So at nine o'clock, I get up, I go into the go into the study and just start working. Yeah, but that's that's hard, yakka man. That's funny. I didn't know, know you had a kid, bro. Yeah, we're we're having one. We're having oh, one soon. Having one. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend's right. pregnant, so we're fucking like cool. end of August. She's due, so. But yeah, <laughs> it's that's the thing. So I'm kind of thinking like where we're gonna go and what we're gonna do with it, and I'm yeah. thinking that it's gonna be eventually. I'd love to go. Like, what would you what would you do professionally? Like, what's your what's your end goal? Do you want to freelance or like what's the? Oh, man, I've worked in like an office full time, mm. and I'm not really too picky as long as I'm never doing that again. Yeah, like, I just wanna I just wanna draw and make money from it every mm. day. Mm. Like I was thinking about this not long ago. I'm like, everyone, like, everyone who wants to be a comic artist wants to work like Marvel or DC or something. Yeah. That that probably most likely is not going to happen. Mm. You know, like it, it could if I'm lucky, mm. but most likely it won't. Like, I'll settle for. Like, I'll be really happy not settle. I'll be happy like to work on a book, monthly book, for anyone. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was thinking recently. I'm like maybe like. You know, there's illustration jobs out there, I mean, like, I've been looking around, there's like, you know, there's full-time illustration jobs for for packaging companies and and shit like that, you know, like, mm. I'd be happy with that as well, man, like, just as long as I'm drawing every day, I'm... Oh, I'm yeah. And, and then eventually, like, what I'd want to do is, you know, somehow build up a, a big enough following that I can, you know, self-fund my own, like, comic books and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's that's what everyone... <laughs> that's the dream yeah. in the modern, like, social media world. We want to be yeah. creator-owned, man. If if you could creator-owned for the rest of your life, that would be a fucking... Just put out yeah. art books and, and graphic novels yeah. and all that kind of thing. It'd be... Yeah. yeah. I think that's the best way to go in, like, these days, though, with illustration and that, is to get, like, a... There's two ways. You either freelance or you staff job and you yeah. work for Disney or whatever you work for and... 
you move towards that. Or like, you know, guys like Marcelo and Matt Lynn and Louis Joyce and all that who just freelance. Like, they yeah. seem to be doing pretty well. I would be happy yeah. to be doing what they're doing and just have people coming in and, uh, you know, a steady client base such as that. What No matter what I was drawing, I was just drawing something every single day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be good. Exactly. That's the that's the thing I'd love to freelance, especially with like you know, kids and stuff. I'd love to be able to be that stay at home kind of you know, illustrating at home, my home office and that kind of thing. Like we've just moved into a place, which I'm in now. It's like it might be a little echoey, but I'm in like a uh, we got a shed. Like we got the yeah. place particularly so that I got like a shed on the in our front yard that um, I'm just turning into a an office and a, and a pad and all that kind of thing which is like just I'd love to just work in here for the rest of my life yeah. <laughs> and I actually say that as well I'd love to just work at home but like it's fucking hard man oh, like, yeah. it's hard to get your ass off, off the couch and go into the study oh, that's yeah. why I'm, even on my days off man I don't I don't come into my studio until like until 6 o'clock at night you know I've wasted the whole freaking day yeah just yeah. procrastinating yeah because you're in your own house so you, yeah. you're gonna find distractions Oh man! But having I mean, I'd the oh, office, oh yeah, no, I couldn't. I I can't. I can't. I mean, my job right now is pretty hands on, but even yeah. still, just the nine to fives. Like, there, there's a reason yeah. why we're creatives. We're not nine to five people. <laughs> like, I mean, when you're freelancing, I suppose you've got it. Like, you got due dates, and you got to get the work done, and you got to like you know have a for me I've had to I've worked so hard building routines and I completely understand the procrastinating when I was at mum and dad's I had my desk at the end of my bed and I didn't get shit done until yeah like late in the night afternoon and even just like paid jobs I still was just like nah can't be bothered like roll even just the the luxury of being able to roll out of bed and do work was still not still not good enough but the best thing I ever did was like remove my desk from my bedroom yeah I used to get nothing done when I sleep and I work in the same room. Ah, uh, so I, I yeah. moved my study, like my studio, into the spare bedroom, and I turned that into. Oh the yeah, studio. yeah. So that's the best thing I ever done, man. Was yeah, that's the I thing. Don't know, when I'm in my own room, I just I get distracted to sleep, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I we need to. TV in my room. <laughs> yeah, well, there. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking. I used to sit on the bed and draw and watch TV, and that is just that's fucked for productivity. Like, it's good yeah. if you're just like doing a sketch or whatever, but if you're actually yeah. trying to do proper work, that's that's not going to get yeah. you anywhere. It's fucked for your back as well, right? Oh yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely terrible. I mean, like, I'll still sit on the couch and do a drawing, but that's normally just the stuff that'll end up on Instagram, not the like yeah. paid work and that kind of thing, or yeah. like graphic novels. I won't sit if I'm doing a one of my creator owned or something. I won't sit on the. Yeah. <laughs> You want to yeah. try and sit at a desk in a decent chair yeah. and all that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, so like even ever since I started using the drafting tables, it's helped me out a lot as well, man. Oh, yeah. I started I started using them a few years ago. Yeah. Before that, I was just drawing on, on the couch and shit like that, but... Um, yeah. But, yeah, if you set up a workspace, bro, it helps you get motivated too. Yeah, yeah. And the, My and studio's pretty cool, man. I've got like, some, some cool shit in here, so... Oh, really? Like, yeah, I just like sitting in here, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do with this shed, just trying to, like... Yeah turn it into a just a place to that, that's yeah. inspirational put all my toys and all that kind of stuff up in cabinets yeah. and that and just make it fun and and cool and even a place I can hang out and that kind of thing like because it's big yeah. enough to put couches and stuff like that in and we'll hopefully yeah. start podcasting and all that kind of thing in here but that'd be so fucking awesome that'd be so much fun but yeah I'd yeah I know what you mean <laughs> having that in your bedroom but even having it in your like say it's in your TV room 
Like you, you've got to be careful because you'll be sitting there. I know I'll sit there sometimes and I get fidgety and I'm like, I just yeah. want to, I just want to get work done. Like I just want to, but you have to have it kind of detached from yeah. like, I can imagine having a studio out of the house, like well out of, on a different premises that you have to drive to like it's work, like it's an actual, you know, another job that you're going to would be, your productivity would be phenomenal. Yeah, that would be cool as well, but it costs money. Oh, yeah. Especially in this city, man. (laughs) I couldn't imagine. I don't know. Did did Summer Eva and all that have their studio in Sydney or was it elsewhere? Um, I think they had it in Parramatta. Oh, far out. That's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they did that. That's wild. Um the next question I got is when was your first con and what was it like? Um it was it was uh, I've done I've done two Connor cons, I was Connor cons and yeah. two supernovas now. Oh okay. And my first my first one was um was not last year's Oz Connor Con, the year before. Oh, okay. Two thousand and sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. yeah. That was my first con. Actually, no, I'm talking shit. My first con, um, there was this little, little, um, monthly con at Parramatta called Popcorn. Oh. Yeah, and a friend of mine ran it. Okay. And then, um, that was my first one. He asked me to do it. Oh, okay. So, and the tables were really cheap, like 40 bucks each. Oh, wow. And I had never done a con before. And I'm like, you know what, all right, fine, I'll do it. And... I overshot it, man. Like I've got all these prints made up and stuff, and then I only made up, like, I only made up a hundred bucks. Yeah. But but it sort of um sort of like jigged me up to do to do a big one. Oh yeah. So as soon as, as soon as I got home that night, mm. I went and applied for Oz Comic Con. Oh nice. Oh yeah. that's good. Oh so Oz, so you weren't Supernova first. You were Oz Comic Con first. Yeah, I was Oz Comic Con first. Right? Ah okay. Yeah, yeah that was the. Island that that's probably you. What sorry? It was at Glebe Island that year. Oh, okay. And it wasn't in... Um, where is it now? Where do they have it's it now? The, uh, I should know this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the convention center. Yeah, yeah that's the sa- that's the year I did... My first con was Supernova in 2016. That's uh, probably why I didn't meet you till last year at Supernova. Yeah, Supernova. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What's the what's the Parramatta one? What's the... It's not on anymore, but it was just like... A, it was a monthly... A monthly little con. It was in um, the PCYC hall. Oh, Okay. You'd probably get like maybe 500 people there oh, on the sure. day, like just one day a month. Yeah. Like $5 entry and stuff, you know? Damn. That's it was, right. I mean, like, there was lots of cosplayers and, yeah. and stuff. It was, a, it was a bit like more of a market, you know, really. Yeah. Like you didn't have, um, there wasn't like no big retailers or anything there, but like just people selling their collections and stuff. And, okay. And um, and then yeah, one, one month he's like, I want to like set up a little artist alley. Mm. So I've done it that way. And, oh, yeah. cool. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. It was, it, it, if anything, like, it, 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 it um, inspired me to, to try out a big one. It gave me that confidence, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, see, I wish I had done that first because I did Supernova first and yeah. then didn't do anything that year in 2016. Uh, yeah. That's where I first met Will Lehman and most of the people I know now. Yeah. Um, and then did the next year's Supernova, but that year, I think I applied for... Comic Gong in Wollongong oh, yeah. um, and yeah. just missed the application because I got really G'd after Supernova and I was like next year I need yeah. to do heaps and just missed because you've got to apply like within two weeks after that year's one <laughs> with yeah. Comic Gong so I missed yeah. that year and then did Supernova 2017 
Um, I still haven't do this year's the first year I'm doing Oz Comic Con. I still haven't done that yet because I always miss the applications, or always. Yeah. But I, I get. Prefer, I prefer Oz Comic Con to be honest, with you. Oh really? Yeah. Supernova is quite why. competitive. I don't know, maybe it's just my first one. I don't know, but. Oh I, I yeah. Was surprised with how good I did at my first one. Mm. Even though like um, I had my cousin's wedding that weekend, so I couldn't oh, make out. it to the Sunday. Oh shit. And I thought, you know what, I man? Like, you have to go through like a portfolio review to get into this place I'm like I'm, I'm fucked if I, if I don't turn up on a Sunday mm. I'll probably tell them just to stay home the whole weekend you know yeah but I, I emailed them and I told them and they're like no it's all good like just um, if you can get someone else to man your table oh and, um, that's brilliant it should be okay like you know like, these things happen and whatever yeah yeah so, I got a friend to, to be there on a Sunday mm. so I was lucky enough I don't know if you that was on the Sunday I made like hardly jack shit Mm. And on the Saturday, I made heaps. And yeah. like, this, you know, it really matters if you're at your table. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So I learned that, and then um, I learned how many prints to, to get printed up. Mm. I, was, I was so stupid, man. Like, I'm like, I was expecting to make like, fucking shitload of money, or for some reason, I was so dumb. <laughs> uh, and I asked around, man, I'm like, how many prints should I get? And everyone's telling me, oh, you know, 10 to 15 prints, 15 if it's a popular one, blah, blah, blah. In my head, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit, man. I just, I just I can't, like, slam 15 pieces of paper. Yeah. So I was getting, like, you know, 25, 30 of each one. Mm. Yeah, and I still got leftovers now. Oh, so, man. I'm not going to sell those ones anymore because, like, the, the art's outdated. I don't like it anymore. So. Oh, I, I've still got leftovers from my first Supernova, man. Yeah. like three-year-old prints like I did the yeah. same thing I completely get what you mean with that I did a I actually did an episode of the podcast like the weekend after or the week after this year's Supernova where I went back to my first con and I completely forgot I did the same thing I bought like 10, 20 for each print yeah. think full thing I, did, I crunched the numbers full thing and I was going to make like 20 grand that weekend yeah. and made like $150 or something ridiculous like that and I've still got those prints just laying around somewhere that every Sunday or every like the last day of a con I'll pull out and hopefully try and get rid of them for like $5 yeah. each <laughs> you know what I do I use it for wrapping paper <laughs> that's actually oh, not a bad idea yeah. oh that's so clever yeah I, that's the thing they're, those smaller cons man they're I, I keep saying to a lot of people who don't do them I'm like you've got to do them man you've got they're the best those early so I did this year this year's the biggest amount I've done I'm doing like 5 or 6 this year and yeah. this year I did Comic Gong and one in the Central Coast as well, yeah. up in Gosford Showground, which I thought was going to be really small, but actually turned out to be quite a big con. Um, yeah, you got to remember, like, there's people up there and like, they oh, yeah. have to be rude, but like, what else they got to do, man? Like, people <laughs> live yeah. out there, like, you know, I'm going to have to be at the beach every freaking day. Yeah. So, like, they're going to they're gonna go to, to anything that's on, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, they're they're tight-knit communities up there, so they all talk to each other, they all... Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And and like Comic Gong, for instance, is a free entry, so yeah. they have so many walk-ins, and it's one of the best cons I do in a year because you just random people walk. Like I ran into my principal from my primary school up at Comic Gong. I went to primary school like in Sydney, and he was up there, and he just walked past me, and I was like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm the principal at Springwood now, but my parents live up here, and all this." I was like, what the hell? Like, why are you even in here? He goes, oh, well, it was free entry. We were just hanging about. We just figured we'd come over. And I was like, that's amazing. And same with Central Coast. Like, they had a, they had probably easy, th- like, three or 4,000 people come out that day. It was yeah. wild how many people came to this. 
And it was just a tiny little, it's just in their showground. And the, the, the people that were just pouring in, I could not believe how many, I mean, it wasn't Supernova or Oz Comic Con numbers, yeah. but it was huge. It was much yeah. bigger than I thought in the Central Coast it would have been. And that was a great, like that and Comic Gong, I used as a tester for my new stuff to yeah. see what was and wasn't selling. So if it sells in like those cons, then I know yeah. it's going to sell at Supernova and all that kind yeah. of thing. So they really go. I like using those as like a experiment ground, which yeah. is um, yeah, that's such a good way to start the year as well. It's just like yeah, I was, I was meant to do more cons this year. I was I had like I, I write myself like a set of goals for every year. Oh yeah. This year I was meant to do. I had like I want to do Supernova and I was following in Sydney, and then I want to do an Interstate con. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just let it. Like, I'm like I let it fly. I'm just like ah, oh, fuck it. I didn't apply. Yeah. Like, Who's bothered? <laughs> you know, in my, in my head I'm like I don't know how much like money I'm going to make if it's worth it or not like yeah. you know, it's going to cost me you know what, what like three four hundred bucks for accommodation and shit and yeah. I want to fly over to another state yeah and I'm like who knows if the if the people there are going to spend money I don't know so I didn't do it mm. but then I ended up getting um, invited to GammaCon so that's interstate so that counts yeah well I was going to say yeah. you're going to GammaCon yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize you, you, Will, and do you know Kieran? Kieran, um, the talking bread guy? Have you met uh, him? Uh, he's from, he's a friend of mine as well. He's from, I met him last year at Supernova. He's from um, Melbourne and he got invited. I messaged him the other day and he was like, oh my God, what? I'm a guest. I was like, yeah, you're a guest, bro. You get free accommodation and all that. I was like, whoa, wait a second. Well, he didn't know. He had no idea. He knew he had a table, but he had no yeah. idea he was a guest. And I saw it because I checked the guests the other day. So I was trying to find yeah. um, you and Will on the on the list. And then yeah. Will said to me, like, I've got, I'm a guest because he knows Jamie Johnson. I don't know how That's he met him. Way. Yeah. How did, I, I don't know how, like, did you, where did you guys meet him? Jamie. Uh- yeah. Uh, years ago, I followed, we followed each other on Insta randomly, and that's how we just started talking. Oh, and really? I actually did, yeah, like, I actually did PopCon, that Paramaticon, with him. Like, we both went to it. Oh. I, I, would, I wouldn't have done any cons if it wasn't for him, because even when my mate invited me, mm. I was like, oh, I don't know. But then Jamie's like, I'm doing it, you got to do it too, man. Like, you know, get oh, yourself wow. out there. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for him. Yeah, wow. And then, yeah, uh, I really want to meet him. I'm actually kind of excited to meet him at Canberra. He's a really friendly guy, man. If you just... If, He's really good. He's really nice. Yeah. He's really friendly. If you just approach him, even if you just hit him up on social media, I man, he'll reply. Oh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably try to do that. Yeah. So we can see how he goes. Yeah. He's He's got some good stuff. That's the thing. Like, he's really... And even, like, if you were doing what he's doing with Phantom, that would be... <laughs> that would yeah. be more than enough. Like, that'd be super dope. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's starting a, a school as well, man. He's going to start teaching little kiddies and stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's heaps good. Which I reckon is a really good idea, man. Yeah, that is a great idea. That we yeah. we got to get in on that. Maybe that's our, Maybe that's where we need to go. Yeah. Start teaching, well, man. He's, he's good with kids, man. I don't, know, I don't know how many moms and dads would trust me with their kids. So, <laughs> you know, well, you, well, dude, all you got to do is... Well, all you got to do is get a... random house. Yeah. All you got to do is get a um, working with children's check. You'll be okay as long yeah, as the, sure. as long as they let you get through. You'll be fine. The parents will. Um, okay. Next question. What is what? Okay. This is I wrote this really weird. But what is your your thing? Like, what's your favorite characters or like books or anything like that? Yeah, I like the Ninja Turtles, man. Oh yeah. Since I was a kid, 
that's what I've been watching. That's what I've been fucking around with. They're, they're like the first characters I drew. Oh, really? Yeah. Because like, I spent the first couple of years of my life overseas in Italy. Oh, okay. They were, and they were big there, man. Like they were, they were really popular there. Okay. So, so when I came back here, they just, they just stuck, man. I love the Ninja Turtles, man. That, that 1989 movie, <laughs> I, probably, I probably know every line of the offer, not even joking. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I, sometimes I watch it with my cousin or something, and they can't sit with me through all <laughs> I'm reciting every single line. Oh, That's, dude. I remember I watched that videotape so many times, the, the film melted over the VCR heads. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so, okay, well... So that would be like what you would love to draw then. Like if you were drawing yeah. that, that would just be the pinnacle for you. Yeah. 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 If, I could, if I could just do one piece of them published, I would, I'll be happy there. Yeah, just a cover or something, man. Yeah, be... yeah, cover anything. I don't give a shit. Like, anything. Yeah, just, just something legit, something licensed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way with um, either Star Wars or Batman. Like Star Wars, man, I was watching... I'm just the biggest Star Wars dude out and I was just yeah. watching I've watched those original trilogies so many fucking times and I was watching it recently like A New Hope and yeah. like my girlfriend was struggling to watch it with me because and like I've had friends who struggle to watch it with me because they can't like I just I do the same as that Ninja Turtles movie with you yeah. like I just say all the lines before they're even up and then I'll say it when it's up and like but I'm so bad I even remember the sound effects on the movie <laughs> when, when like in one scene like they're squirting water from their mouth and shit and I, I can actually do the sound effect oh my that's god that's how fucking annoying I am watching this movie <laughs> yeah I do that with the music with the Star Wars music I can yeah. whistle every every note of those movies it's just yeah that's hilarious <laughs> I do love that movie though and the Batman the 1989 Batman as well that's fucking oh yeah yeah oh that's just I mean I love the Dark Knight and all but that 1989 Batman is just a game changer like that's just crazy that would be my character that i draw Batman like that I suppose that's really the pinnacle anyway like that's the top of the hill like only the best of the best draw Batman at this point yeah that's true well, I don't know maybe Sometimes I see some art that I think is average, but but uh, yeah, but yeah, Batman. Like, if you get on Batman, then you're you're making money, man. Oh, like, dude. I, I saw this article somewhere online. It was oh. like a um, it was like a what do you call it? Average wage from every comic company. Oh yeah. Yeah, like they asked artists, like pros, to to put in their info, like you know how much you get a page, and then they they like tallied it off and. The average and the highest paid and this and that. Oh, okay. And like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the prices and I'm like, either they didn't really collect much data, mm. or this is fucking shit. Like, this oh, is yeah. shit money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I know that like, I know I've seen uh, interviews with like Greg Capullo mm. when he was on Batman and like he's made it very clear like that DC looked after him very well. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard so that too. If, you, if you're if you're good and you get on Batman, you're probably gonna be raking the cash. Yeah, well, Neil Adams was saying that. He said he pay when he was doing Batman back with Denny O'Neill back in the 70s, yeah. he was getting like $50 a page, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes he'd get 20 Like if you did The Flash, you'd get $20 a page. Yeah. But then they did that Green Arrow and Green Lantern series and that set them up as like a team to be reckoned with. Like yeah. turned them into the, you know, Scott Snyder and Capullo before Scott Snyder yeah. and Capullo were around. And then once he got around to doing Batman in like the 90s and the early noughties, he's now, he now, like he says, he's got such a name that he's like, if you want me, it's going to cost you five, $600 a page. 
Like, if you want me to do a graphic novel... Yeah, that's, that's not much even, Yeah. It, well, yeah, no, it really on, isn't. On this article I read, the average at DC, like, from memory, was, like, 140 US for line work, which means wow. pencils and inks. Wow. Uh, 140 US, uh, I don't know what that is in Australia, it's probably, like, 200 or some shit. But yeah. still, 200 bucks, for, like, for a day's work, they say you should be doing oh. a page a day. Oh, that's not fucking much, man. It's no yeah, wonder Jack right. Kirby just like learnt how to do eight pages a day. Yeah, <laughs> like, but at the same time, like in nowadays, sort of it is worth it because you like from working for DC or anything like that, you get a following that's so big. Well, yeah, and you probably you can hopefully live off commissions. Oh yeah, I don't know, I don't oh, know yeah. how it works, but oh, I, I assume that you have people hitting you up. Oh yeah, well, when your name's on one of those books, like. You're getting an exposure that you can't pay for. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't Plus, get that like, kind of. You can sell. You can keep your original art now. I don't think it was always like that. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Companies used to keep the pages. Oh yeah. And no. They, they let the artist keep it, and then you can you can sell it. So. I'm pretty sure Neil Adams. That was the court case he went through with Jerry Siegel yeah. and Joe Schuster, where he like fought yeah. DC for their original work and their yeah. and their credit. And those guys, like, I mean, still you work for hire because it's their IP. But yeah. you create, like, for instance, Neil Adams, or sorry, um, Neil Gaiman or someone creates Sandman, and he ends yeah. up owning Sandman, but. Well, he doesn't, but they bring him back as the Sandman writer because only he can write Sandman. Like, no yeah. one does him any better. So they have they have progressed. That's for sure. Yeah. And they give royalties out now. Like I know, like Mark Bendis gets royalties for like the characters he's created, like Miles Morales. And oh yeah. Whoever else, you know, like. So I think that's. I, I had a theory on like Michael Bendis is on Superman now. I mm. lost a bit. Like he'll invent another character. So he has royalties everywhere. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be clever. But, uh, but otherwise, I don't think it was always like that. Because like Todd McFarlane invented Venom, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't get royalties for that. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he doesn't, man. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was one of the reasons why like all those image dudes left. Yeah. Marvel was a was a shit like that, you know. Yeah, man, that's that's so, that ro- the royalties thing is just crazy though. Like, I think there's a lot of there's still people fight like they only just got Bill Finger. Um, the co-creator of Batman or arguably in my opinion the creator of Batman and Robin and everything that you know about Batman yeah. and his his granddaughter only just got royalties and rights and a bit of money from DC so it's a bit it's still a bit of a I suppose they're trying to make good like the new generation is trying to make good but like you've got to remember well, those it, guys were getting thing, man. Like, you can't have people you know talking smack about DC yeah. Because they've stolen an idea or something, so they want to go back and make Whoa. themselves look good. But um, well, yeah. But otherwise, like, I used to work at at a company like I used to design freaking baby bottles, man. Right? <laughs> now, like they used to pay me, but yeah. everything I did for them on the hours that I was clocked on was their intellectual property. Yeah, I signed that shit going mm. into it. Like I knew that that was the case. Yeah. And now my baby bottles are being sold all over Australia. I'm not making a cent from. You know, I'm not Seriously. paying my wages, and that's it. Shit. Right? Yeah, but, that's, like, that's the... life, man. Like, I'm not saying that DC and Marvel are doing the the right thing. Like, definitely, like morally, it's not very nice. No. But at the end of the day, they're a company, man. Like, and they weren't always big companies. Like, they had to look out for themselves. Like, even now, I don't think like in the comics, Marvel's doing that well financially. They're just lucky they're owned by by Disney. Oh yeah. It's like you got to look after yourself, man. Like, mm. if you think about it, like when Stan Lee and shit was running Marvel. Out of like little dingy office, mm. could they really be like letting this person and that person own the rights to every character? 
Well, that's the thing. Stan, Stan doesn't really own very many rights. So, like, have you? Did you hear the the fight they did for Rocket Raccoon? The guy who created I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who created Rocket Raccoon. Um, after Guardians one and two, finally by Guardians two, he got a royalty check of less than a hundred k or something ridiculous. He got like twenty grand or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and the it? amount of money that that character that alone. I want to sound like a dickhead, but he knew it. Like, he knew he wasn't yeah. going to get royalties from when oh, he yeah. done it. Oh, yeah. And now, and, and now that, like, Rock and Raccoon makes a billion dollars, he's like, well, you know, I want, I want in on that. Mm. But you agreed to it, you know? Yeah. Like, you agreed to designing this guy, this character, and doing this work yeah. for your for your wage. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, it's right. It's, it's definitely not right, but, like, that's the risk you take. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely. Know? That's and, and when you work for hire, you work for hire. That's what it is. You're not... Exactly. You're not... Work, like, I mean, I suppose if you're a Jim Lee, you probably get royalties for most things. Like, say they do Hush, I'm certain Jim Lee gets a shitload of money. Yeah. But See, that's... Is, that's all... That's all recent stuff, man. Like, that... Yeah. Like the Jim Lees and stuff and the Todd McFarlane's, that's what, that's what probably got half the rights that, you know, that artists have these days. They're the ones that got it for us. But... Yeah. I still think it could be better, but... But yeah, like, I mean, if you're lucky enough to draw the next hush, then you'll be cheering. But like, how many of us really are? So. Oh yeah, that's the thing, and yeah. and that's. I mean, I suppose. Also, Jim's been a very smart businessman. Like he he reluctantly left Marvel and DC. Like if if you watch any documentaries on on Image, he very reluctantly left, and kind of went, oh yeah, sure, I suppose. But he was the one that was having a kid at the time, and he was having. And yeah. and as soon as DC said we want you to be like co-publisher or whatever the job they gave him at the time, he was like, yeah, look, images. We didn't really know what we were doing. We were gun ho. We kind of ran straight into a burning house and hoped to God that we could save it, and just yeah. kind of just ran irrationally because they were all pretty young as well. It wasn't like there was a lot of older guys. It was like Liefeld and McFarlane and. And Jim Lee, and, uh, yeah, like even J. Scott Campbell at the time was working for them for a short period, and th- those guys have all, you know, they've gone on and they've got bigger names just due to Marvel and yeah. DC. <laughs> but I suppose, yeah. but yeah, um, what, uh, like I was saying, yeah, I mean, I thought about doing that here, and I've spoken to a few people about like, yeah, we should do that, and I was like, well, we don't have enough names, <laughs> we don't have big enough names, like if we. If there was a big group of us that had huge names, we'd be good to do that, but we kind of don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I mean, like, I mean but people, people make indie comics here and they, they seem to go okay. Mm. Like, but yeah, like, I reckon the next big thing will be like just artists doing their own Indiegogo's and Kickstarters and stuff. Yeah. I think that, that'll be where it goes next. Yeah. Pre- I've been looking at some like Indiegogos and they're, they're on like 400k American men. Far out. Yeah. Like, there's an there's a Indiegogo, if you, can, you know Ethan Van Sliver? Uh, He's a DC artist. Like, he used to draw Green Lantern and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know what happened, man. I'm, I'm not big on politics and stuff, but for some, for whatever reason, he doesn't work at DC anymore. I don't know what it is. Like, the, you know, they didn't see eye to eye with someone or, okay. or some shit like that. Yeah. And, um, and he can't find work anymore. Oh, so wow. he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to like, you know, uh, make a comic that I had started in the, in the 90s or some shit. Yeah. So he's remade this comic, he's starting it again, he's put on Indiegogo, he's made 400 grand for the oh, first yeah. issue, like, but American. 
if you can make 400 grand an issue, you're fucking, you're, you're, you're sweet. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're rich. You know? Jesus, that's more. That's more than we could ever ask for. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and he would never. I don't think he'd ever make that money at DC. He's oh. not property artist. He's, he's good. Oh. You know. So. Yeah, that's the thing. You could. That's the thing. Pre pre sales on books is where it's at. Like if you can pre sell everything, you yeah. are fucking cheering. Like you can. It, whether it's four hundred k or twenty k, like you are cheering if you're pre sell. Like Jake Parker. Do you know? Do you know Jake Parker, the YouTube guy? Uh, he's a, I'll, show, I'll send you his Instagram you probably like he's got a good YouTube and stuff but he's got a pretty big following he's in Illinois or something in the states somewhere and he's um he's the guy who drew Groot and Rocket Raccoon he drew the Rocket Raccoon book for the first like few issues and uh, he yeah. and he uh, but that's the only published work he's ever done from yeah. Marvel or DC because he just drew a quick fan art piece of Rocket Raccoon and he's um he pre-sells art books. So every year yeah. he like collects all his sketchbooks together and he does a sketch before every piece. Of, so he's a freelancer and he does a sketch every morning before he's got to do whatever work and he'll put together a YouTube video or whatever he's doing. And then those sketchbooks, he'll have like 10 sketchbooks by the end of the year because he'll try to fill one a month and then he'll just take all the shit out of there, put it into a ske- into a um, art book and sell it. But he'll Kickstarter it every single year and then he'll and he says he just uses that money that he sells from the profit of those books and will sell like I don't know two twenty thousand or something ridiculous like that a year, and then just pays his mortgage off that money. So every time he needs to pay his mortgage, he just puts that in an account and just pays his mortgage out of the art books, and then he's the rest of his money comes from all his freelance work and everything else he's doing. That's <laughs> which, awesome. Yeah, that's which that's is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's what. Well, exactly. That's and that's the following, and it's really not that hard if you know what you're doing to get a following. You've just got to do the work, just like anything. You just really got to be good, man. Like, that's all it is. Like, yeah. Like sometimes I get, I get like discouraged looking at my followers. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, oh, I do you know, the same. I'm like, I'm like, there's some people out there that I think I might be better than. They got more followers than me or whatever. Yeah. You know, but like I look at it this way. I look at my followers. I look at how many likes I get. Yeah, you know, I have a look at like the ratio of likes I get per follower. Mm. And I'm like, I'm doing okay. Like, I get like maybe you know for every ten followers I have, I probably get a like on one of my photos, which is pretty good ratio, man. Oh yeah, like it means it means my followers are actually engaged. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I look at it and I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, the truth is, is that the better I get, the more followers I'm getting. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, you know that's that's what it comes down to, like, it, like. The social media will find you if your if your shit is likable, you know. Oh, definitely, man. That's the thing. You've got to like, and you've got to do the work. You've got to do, and also, like you were saying before, at cons, just just like cons in social media, you need to be the face of your brand. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna push. That's that. I learned that hard lesson too many times at cons where. If you're not if you're not positive and you're not there and you're not chatting with people, if people like you as a person in that moment yeah. that they come and meet you for the first time, they're more likely to make a purchase off you and then in the long run follow you and actually make an investment and a commitment in your work than if you're there just like, oh hey, put trying to push the sale or whatever. Because yeah. like, I, mean, I, I freaking like I've, I use heaps of like some people might say I'm too calculated, but I, I need to make money, you know? So that's the oh, ones yeah. I do. Like, you know, I make I make a fair bit of money from them, like now. Mm. I'll, I'll come home with a couple grand, you know? 
Yeah. And and that's good, man. That's important for me, no? Oh, no? yeah, for sure. So I, I do anything I can to make sure that I get sales. And the biggest thing is, I'm like, I don't, I don't ever want to come across as an arrogant fuck. Oh, yeah. You know? I, don't, I don't want anyone to ever think that because I'm sitting here and, and we're all sitting here because we've all paid 400 bucks for this freaking table like mm. everyone else. You know, but I don't want anyone else to think that like I'm, they're walking past me and like, I'm somehow unapproachable or somehow I think I'm better than the guy next to me. You know? Yeah, or one of those I, guys. I've, that... had, I've had that vibe come across from people, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you don't want to be... Day, you yeah, don't... and whatever, man. Like, they, might, they might make like fucking 15 grand over the weekend at, at, yeah. at whatever con. And that's great. But like at the end of the day, you still paid 400 bucks for your table like I did. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So... And you don't so want to be that, like, in the, the, one, of the, one of the previous cons I went to, I got that, I got that feeling hard. I'm just like, is this, I mean, is this motherfucker? Just, like, does, does he just not want to talk to me? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying yeah. to be nice and shit, and he doesn't want to talk. I'm like, uh, but I look at him, and I'm like, but he's so good to his customers. Yeah. 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 The guy, yeah, exactly. Uh, he, those are the guys that are like, there's a lot of people who are entitled to the sale as well. They're entitled to, yeah. well, my stuff exists. And I think it's good. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, you should like it and buy it off me. Like that is the yeah, worst, had, worst thing you can do. At my first Comic Con, I got discouraged from that man. I got oh. so discouraged at my first Comic Con. I'm like, this is, I go, this is fucked, man. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm on the outer, you know. Like I feel like no one wants to talk to me. Yeah. I feel like, you know, everyone has, everyone's looking at each other, looking at what you got, like, you know, it's yeah. all a big competition. Yeah. Like, but it is, in a way, it is a competition because I want to go home with money. Yeah. But, in another way, like, like I see the big benefit of making friends at cons as well, man. Like, there's oh. so many artists that you can learn from. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the next con I went to, I'm like, fuck it, bro. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to talk to no one. Mm. I'm just going to fucking talk to my customers. Yeah. And that's it. But yeah. then at that con, I ended up making my heaps of good friends, man. I met you and um, who else did I meet? Um, you know, you know Jackson Caspers? Oh, yeah, Jackson's great, man. I met him. I met Boss Logic and stuff. And I'm like, fuck. Like there's, there's some nice people out there, you know, it's just, Oh, yeah. I've, few, I've yet to meet types. Boss Logic. Like, I've never, I haven't actually met it. Like, I mean, obviously, I follow him on Instagram because, like, he's just a stock yeah. standard to follow. But um, I, I've never met, because when I went to go say hi to him, I wasn't sure which one was him, first of all. And then I was like, there was just so many people around his table that I wish I had have made more of an effort to go say. But, yeah, I get what you mean. Last year, I met Jackson and you and, and Will and... um all that kind of thing so but you've also got to like there's part of you that shouldn't care too much like you've got to make the sale obviously and you're there for it you've got to you know pay your table back but I find sometimes yeah. there's part of you that should care more about the conversation you're having with that particular person that comes up to the table rather than um, like I really, because I found for myself, maybe, I don't know if it did happen for you, but I found for myself when I stopped, like when I just went to the smaller cons, and I was like, well, look, I just put yeah. 50 bucks down. Who cares if I make any money today? At least if I meet yeah. someone and make some connections. I've made like, I fucking pushed, I, I think I made my table back like four times, if not more, That's like great. just made like four, $500 in that day and was like, holy shit. Like the, and then had to try and apply that to an extent to suppose supernova is a little more competitive though. That's the only thing like the bigger ones are definitely so much more competitive and you really need to kind of be different and be like, if you're around a whole lot of arrogant kind of people that, that just, yeah. you know, they just, then you're in luck and you're the one guy that and all these people have just kind of been burned on their way down and then they come to your table and you're like 
hey, how's it going? What's your name? How you doing? Like, introduce yourself and all that kind of thing. And then kind of people go, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And they stick around and you chat with well, them about something. Or... With, with like the supernovas and stuff, it also depends. Like, it's a lot of factors around. It's like where you're sitting. Yeah. You know, like, where, where, where they put your table this year, who you're next to. Like, if you're next to someone who has the exact same shit as you do, oh. then you're probably not going to make much money, you know? Yeah. Like, last year, last year I was, I fucked up. Like, well, I didn't fuck up, but I ticked off. Um, you know how you got two sections in in Artist Alley? You got um, handmade collectibles or whatever it is, and then indie press. Yeah. I ticked off handmade collectibles. Oh, I did the same. Stupid reason. I had not <laughs> one handmade collectible there. But I don't know why. I just read it and I'm just like indie press. That does that mean I have to self-publish? I haven't self-published shit. Oh fuck! I'll just do you know this handmade collectibles. It ended yeah. up working out better for me because everyone around me didn't have prints. You know? Yeah. Like I had someone next to me who was making a lot of crocheted superhero stuff. Yeah. And then um, on the other side of me, I did have I did have an artist who was selling prints, but she was doing like um, a lot of like video game stuff, like Overwatch and shit. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't you know anyone who wants an Overwatch print isn't going to come to me anyway. So yeah, it wasn't really um that much competition. Yeah. Like it was good. You know. Yeah. But um, but I was really far away from. From the action, like I was like on the other end of that building, you know. Oh, that's good. You know where I was. You were next to me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was in the same aisle, yeah. and we had uh, yeah. that was the one. Year. I'll never do. I'll never do a half table again, though. That was. I almost wanted to just never do one table again because, especially at Supernova, because you just you fade into the background sometimes. But I get what you mean. Like I was right next to you, and we had like I had some mates who had t-shirts that were next to me, and we split the table in half. And because the T-shirts kind of juxtaposed visually the prints, yeah, and it, and they both sort of looked like the same, um, the same thing uh, or same artist, yeah. Because I did have a couple of the designs that they put on the T-shirts, but it wasn't all. Yeah. So the T-shirts would grab people's attention because they commissioned all the work for the T-shirts. Yeah. So it was original art, like original, where they didn't just get some shit off the internet and print it on a T-shirt. Yeah. They actually commissioned all the artists and a couple of them were mine. And then people would come along and it'd be like a white and black T-shirt and then my stuff was like colored and right there. So people, yeah. it kind of like caught people's eyes. I get what you mean, like how... that I, I almost wonder whether that's worth doing every year and not like lumping yourself in with all the other, all the other artists so that... I mean, I, I would even think uh-huh. if we like... If you sat next to Jackson... I would reckon you're you're better off where we were this year because if you were next to Jackson, you may get attention, but you're probably not going to because pro- people are probably just going to line up in front of his table and that's use your true. table as a line. <laughs> yeah, and I can, then Jackson gets two tables, man. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. So he's massive. Yeah. And um, but at the same, like, at Oz Comic Con last year, I sat next to someone who was like really he had a big following, had like forty forty k followers on shit. on like, Instagram and shit, you know. I can't remember his name because like I followed him and didn't follow back so I followed him and, um, and what do you call it but his stuff was very different but what was good was that because so many people were coming to him yeah. he'd, he'd, like, he'd make up a big line and a big crowd on his table and whoever can't see I can't speak to him because they're waiting behind someone would look at my stuff you know yeah so, yeah. yeah it's a catch 22 I suppose yeah and I was worried that like if um if I picked Indie Press, like I picked Indie Press this year, mm. I was worried that I'd be stuck next to like a, um, like a novel or something, and I was. And I'm not talking down on novels, but like, you know, it's it's 
it's a completely different thing to sell a novel as it is like a comic book. Yeah, and yeah. I noticed, like, I noticed these things now. But before I done a supernova, I went as a guest and I just sussed out everything. Oh and yeah. I mean, the novels, they people just walk past the novel titles, you know. Yeah. Like if someone's selling a novel, people just walk straight past. Mm. You know, like, I don't want to be next to a novel. You know, and I was. And yeah. I ended up not making a difference. I ended yeah. up doing really well anyway. But it could also be because I had a comic next to me, you know. I'm yeah, that's true. Yeah. Someone's comic, but. Yeah, you know, I noticed when like the novels, like people just walk straight past them. Like you don't want to be next to a novel, even if you can say like it's not competition. Mm. I'd rather someone stop at the guy next to me and have a chance of looking at my stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. There's so much. There's so much science to it. Like there's so many different different variables to it. And the the like those guys that were next to you were pretty cool as well. Those um that luchador comic and they that's that's oh, another thing. Great, yeah, that that's another <laughs> thing though. They're really yeah yeah. That's a that's a really like um, there's a couple people who just like they'll just come in with their comic book just one comic yeah. book and they'll have like three issues or they'll have the graphic novel and that is ballsy man to me that yeah. is so ballsy because I it'll probably take me a few years to do that because yeah. like when that when was it last year Supernova yeah across from me I had um I had this dude who made a comic book mm. the comic book was called Max Shift. It was really good, man. You got some Chilean artists to draw it. Oh, yeah. Colors were great. It was really well put together comic book, right? Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, this doctor, all he brained was that comic book. Like, you got, you got a big pair of balls, man. Yeah. Like, just to bring that comic book because, like, the amount of time, the amount of people that give an indie book a chance, even if it looks good, you yeah. know, isn't yeah. that high, man? Like, yeah. It's, it's mostly, like, it's mostly actual proper, you know, hardcore comic fans that will go pick up an indie book. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, the majority of Supernova people, like, I reckon anywhere, like, they're, you know, they're, they're Marvel movie fans, you know, like, it's not, they're pop culture fans in general, they're not, like, strictly yeah. comic oh, book yeah. fans. Yeah. So, so you got to try to appeal to, like, the mass, and if you bring in your own book, it's not appealing to the masses, and, like, you got, you got some balls to bring that. I don't know, mm. I don't know how well he did, and I know that, like, um, he had a Kickstarter the year afterwards for issue two. Yeah. And I was, I was meant to do a variant cover for it, oh. but then the Kickstarter didn't get funded. Oh, so shit. I don't know what's happening with it. Yeah. But, uh, but like, yeah, man, like, you, so you got to have balls to do that shit. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah, I met, I met Mike Barry, who's a freelancer. He's one of those, like, he's like um, one of the older guys who's a freelancer. And I met him at Central Coast. I never knew he was around. Um, and he did that. He did a graphic novel. He did, like, a kid's graphic novel about some, I think it was, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but it was like an Astro Boy kind of thing. And it was okay. um, like a, a kid's sci-fi, but it was also like, I think it was more all ages. And he did yeah. it. And I said to him, I said, man, you're ballsy. He said, well, look, I freelance. So most of my yeah. daily money gets made from freelancing. I have a lot of fan art and prints um, on my website yeah. and I have a big enough mailing list and following such as that I can get away with doing this kind of thing. He goes, but it took a while for me to get here. He's like, he, yeah. I, I can freelance daily to you know pay my mortgage and pay my bills and all that kind of thing. So I can actually at this point now make it to a point where I just sell this book only. And he said, this year, that's yeah. my plan. I'm just selling this book this year and I'm doing all the cons that I can. And that's, and that's absolutely it. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is, that's quite ballsy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a big fear of ever doing a con and not making money. I know you were yeah. saying like there's, there's there's more important things like you know meeting people and stuff, but yeah, like I I will fucking shoot myself if I if I don't make money, man. Yeah, like, I wanna I wanna I have to break it even. I gotta come home with something. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it costs money to even just do your art. You know, like perfect yeah. markers are freaking ten bucks a pop. 
if I if I don't make money at those things, I don't know. Maybe just me personally, I start to feel like I'm fucking up. Yeah, you know, I start to feel like I'm not. I'm not. On, I'm not doing things right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's like, that's completely natural, though. That's the thing. I, I yeah. feel like that every time. <laughs> yeah, and and that's why that's why I took so long to actually do a con man because yeah, I used to, I remember I used to sell I used to sell freaking um, sketches for ten dollars each. Like that's how much that's what my commissions were ten bucks each, man. Yeah, I used to do like full full headshots and busts. Yeah, common, everything for ten bucks each, man. Oh, man. I, I wasn't even making a profit. Oh no, you wouldn't have been. Or like I probably waste a couple markers on that one piece, and that's not even paying for my freaking markers. Oh no, not at all. Yeah. And so like, what if I if I can only find people willing to spend ten bucks on me? Mm. Like, why the hell would I go to freaking supernova? You know, like yeah, I don't want to spend money on. Yeah. So, so if I start going backwards and not making money there. I'll, I'll just start to lose my mind, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's, yeah, well, that's the that's the biggest fear of doing cons. You never know, and that's probably why everyone, when they do their first con, they just buy a shitload of prints and then they go, "What do I do? Like, what do I? Yeah, what do, what do I do now with this?" And like, I was talking to Will recently. I was talking to Will at Supernova, and he said he sold out of the. He he did the same as as me and put like his 2016 stuff up on the wall, and then was yeah. like. Um, I finally sold out of my Joker piece and I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, the one from 2016. He's like, I put it up because I was stubborn and I had to get rid of them because yeah. I just, I couldn't look at them anymore and I was like, yeah, fair enough. I get that. I feel yeah. that. Whereas some people have got it up in their houses like this is the best piece of art I've ever seen and sometimes yeah. I just go, what are you talking about? Like that's the shittest thing I've ever drawn in my life. You just, you, you, you're uh, out of your mind. I don't even bring my old
and two, like you do have that thing you can sell once it's done. So you can put it in a folder next to the actual print itself and yeah. say, look, here's the original. Here's the proof that it's the original, you know, this is, and yeah. you can sell that. And people look at, often when it's on the wall, they go, oh shit, do you have the original of that? And you go, well, look, it was digitally painted, but I do have the inks and they go, oh shit, that's awesome. And yeah, I did that. I sold a few originals on, on the Sunday when I decided to do that at Supernova and it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I know, I know people that only buy originals. I know. Yeah. A few people that buy my art, they don't, they don't want print set. All they do is buy originals from me. Yeah. And I got this, I got this four verse um, Hulk piece. Oh yeah, that's one of my um, favorites of yours, dude. That's just and, so uh, dope. And the guy that the, this this dude I know, he's like, I don't want the print. He's like, I want the original artwork. So I'm gonna send him the original. Yeah. It's just black and white inks. Yeah. Um, and even when I offered him the print, like I'm like, I'll give you a print for free with it, you know what I mean? He's like, no, I don't want the print. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's why it's always good to to do it on paper. I don't, I have more fun drawing on paper anyway. Oh yeah. Is it is a tactile feeling to it yeah. that you, you can't replace with digital? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I did that. Um, I did that presentation at Supernova DC for that. Um graphic tablet company oh that's right yeah yeah and like you know I struggled to use that thing man like I just mm. at the end of it I'm like you know what I go the demonstration is just going to be me colouring because I already colour digitally a lot yeah so I'm like I'm just going to bring a piece I've already done mm. and I'm going to colour it on stage otherwise man like, I, I couldn't get the hang of drawing on that screen yeah it just didn't feel right yeah and you also don't want like I find myself people watch me and I just, I can't do the, my process. There's so many fuck ups that happen when you're doing a sketch or when you're even yeah. just, before you even put ink to pen, bef- like the, the sketch stage can take hours sometimes when you're just trying to get it right. When you get yeah. like that final piece that people see, they don't realize how much blood, sweat and tears and emotions yeah. go into it before it gets to that point. Yeah. That's that's I'm why... Thinking- one oh. thing, but is that on on the digital stuff, mm. those fuck ups that you make, they're they're quicker to fix. Oh yeah. Like if I, if you you know you can you can enlarge a head, you can rotate things, and you know zoom in and stuff. Oh That's yeah. one thing that that makes sense to use it for. Oh yeah, for sure. But, There's just you're a traditional guy. There's just something like. You'll never you when you're younger and you're not using digital and you don't have the money to get Photoshop yeah. or a tablet. You just get used to your mistakes and you get used to the little bits and pieces. Like, oh shit, I didn't really want to do that line. Oh well, I suppose yeah. it actually looks better than I thought it would. Like that eye looks a little bit better than it than it could have turned yeah. out anyway. Like than it was in my head. So you just kind of run with it and you go with it yeah. and go oh, okay cool and then you find out that no one even notices that small shit anyway yeah man no one notices nothing yeah. even when I was doing that live demonstration I'm colouring this thing yeah I'm not like I'm not too used to to the tablet and not just that I'm nervous because I'm up there mm. and I'm nervous because I'm like how much time do I have I need to do a finished piece in this time in this hour mm. you know so I'm rushing stuff and all my highlights and shit are all out of whack and you know, my selections are really bad but no one's noticing everyone's like oh wow wow and I'm like yeah. are these people blind yeah you know, like, it's because they don't know the nitty gritty that we know though that's the thing like you could as long as your line yeah. work if you got up there I, like I would have done the same I would have gotten up there with a completed finished perfect 
really nice line work inked and everything and chuck the flats on it and just do the shadows and the highlights and that and just and that's what I did yeah. I, had, I, had, I had actually scanned the pencils yeah and the inks yeah and because what I did was I started with the pencils and I'm like you know I prepared this earlier but just to show you what the tablet can do and I'm just like I can select the head and you know make it bigger or whatever okay then I slapped the inks over it then I had the flats already done Mm. And I had a background already done because I didn't. Yeah. I, it wasn't my computer I was using, so yeah. I had this background with like all effects in it and brushes that I use that only my Photoshop had. So uh-huh. I had a background done as well. Okay. But I had it all deselected, so no one could see anything. Yeah. Then at the end of it, I'm just selecting everything, and it was cool, man. Like I had fun doing it, but um, but yeah, like it's not on those tablets. Like there's there's advantages to it. Mm. But. I don't know, I like the paper better. Even more yeah. sequentials, like I should probably be doing them digitally. Yeah. So that I can, can you know, enlarge panels and, and change shit around quicker and draw buildings easier and stuff, but I don't do it. I'm not going to do it if I don't have fun, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That's the thing. Like, I mean, it changes up. I, I avoided in my first comic book, I avoided um, colors like the plague and just turned it into a black and white and then, like, actually wrote around it and wrote the story around why it was black and white and why the character, like, yeah. made the character's costume white and all that kind of thing um, just to avoid it. But, yeah, I find I find the inking stage, I have a sketch pad full of just pre-sketched drawings so that if I'm out and about... And I just want to ink something that I'm going to, you know, eventually color and put on Instagram. I'll just have a sketch pad full of these. I'll sit down at, you know, over the week and just draw these warm up drawings or whatever and not ink them because inking for me is just like the most relaxing time. And I can do that at any time of the day. I can sit down with a couple pens and ink and watch TV or whatever I'm doing, be out and about with family. And while I'm chatting, just do some inks on a sketch pad and it's just sort of like the easiest part of that I I just caught I love doing the inks every time that's my absolute fa- and then I get to the colours and I start stressing out again <laughs> what do you use to ink with do you use pens or do you use a brush or what? Um, right now I'm using pens I used to when I do comic book stuff I use a brush um, there's a yeah. few I, I, I've got I'm going back to using just like a, a bottle of ink a brush and and you know, just have a couple fine liners next to me for smaller yeah. details. Um, but yeah. when I do, when I do, just like the stuff that goes on Instagram, it's just pens. It's just like uni pin fine liner kind of things that I use. What do you use? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just use Copic multi liners. Oh, okay. And I've got a, um, I've got a pencil brush pen. Oh yeah. Look, I hardly use that brush pen, but yeah. yeah. I used to use that. They just get too expensive to get refills. I mean, I'm buying online. It's fucking cheap as shit. Oh yeah. Like, I think I bought. I think I bought like twelve cartridges for like seven bucks or some shit, bro. Oh really? Yeah, oh, pretty man. cheap. When I used to use, I must have bought. I used to buy them for. I must have bought them off more expensive sites or something. I just. I think. Oh, yeah, back then, mind you, I didn't have very much money. Me, bro. Just eBay. Yeah. Yeah, I just find the uni pins just so much like the brush pen I used for a while, but I couldn't quite get control of it. I don't know what, like, I couldn't quite get the lines I was looking for with it. Yeah, man, like, I'm not, my inking isn't that good, and, like, that's why I have to colour my stuff. Yeah. I, I struggle to do, like, um, cross-hatching and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And I used to, tr- I used to try to do it. Yeah. Like, to create gradients with the black. Yeah. But it's, like, I got, um, I was talking to Johnson Marie when he was looking at my portfolio, mm. and he, the first thing he pointed out was, like, this cross-hatching, it's like, if you can't do it, like, just don't do it. 
Yeah, he did the same to me. He said the same to me this year. I'll just leave it out. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, fuck, I'll just leave it out. Yeah. But now I find that, you know, there's less, um, there's less like ingredients in my work, so I need color. I need color to like to sort of add the tones and stuff. Yeah. I don't care. Like I just, I just want nice, crispy lines. Yeah. I can't get. I'm the same with the brush pen. I can't like hold a steady hand and do a really nice line. Yeah. But I use it for filling in blacks or like. Sometimes I use it and I get a tissue, a tissue and like wipe the, the tip of it, so I use it as a dry brush. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. That he said the same to me, man. He had a look at a couple of my stuff and he goes, yeah. "What are you doing with this crosshatching? Like, this is good. I see what you're trying to do. Like, yeah. you're trying to get shadows, but it's it's really awkward and it's really like just don't don't worry about it. Like, don't. Yeah. And so what I started doing was like I I'm the same. I couldn't I couldn't understand crosshatching to save my life. And what I do now instead is with the pencil I'll draw the shadow where I want the shadow to be. And yeah. like having a look at my reference, and I'll draw the shadow, um, and like a line and a shape that you would, you know, you would draw the shadow in. And then yeah. instead of kind of what I used to do is I'd line that, I'd do an outline of that shadow, and then crosshatch yeah. it. But I'll just do, I'll just pick one direction that I'm sending that crosshatch, and just crosshatch yeah. it that way. And it became, yeah. it became something that I just got used to doing eventually. And you know, just recently started spending more time like making sure that that crosshatching line isn't just all over the place and jagged and yeah. just kind of taking my time with the pen and pulling it as much as I could. Yeah, that's but, why I don't do crosshatching. I've got no, I've got no patience for it. Like I just want to. I just want to finish it. Yeah. Um, like yeah, ever since I stopped doing crosshatching and focused on like my line weights and stuff. Yeah. My my arms improved heaps. Oh. So it looks a lot more. Looks a lot better. Oh, line weights. Yeah. I just hated doing black shadows. I just I thought it was too nineties and too overdone for me. And I wanted to. I wanted to try something different. I just played around. Every drawing I did, I just played around with yeah. different styles and all that kind of thing. But like, bro. I mean. To each his own, really. I suppose when you do that kind of thing, the the yeah. cross hatching, the cross hatching can be really hard to understand. Like it took me to the point where I still don't think I do cross hatching properly. I just do it the way I do it, and it's yeah. also I forget I can do a drawing like next last week and then finally get around to coloring it this week, and I've completely forgotten what the fuck is going on in it. And I don't yeah. when I start doing flats, I'm like, wait, what is this part? And then if I've got that cross hatching there, I'm like, ah, oh, that's where the shit. It makes it easier for me to shadow yeah. it as well because I know what I was doing when yeah, I was sure. sketching it. But yeah, um, talk about uh, we haven't talked about we've been talking for a while, but we haven't talked about um, your Phantom cover, man. That is fucking. Uh, like, that is just that's next level. <laughs> how did you um, how did you get that job? What happened was a few years ago, two two and a half years ago. Um, I bumped into another phantom artist okay. who lives locally, like he lives next to me. Okay. So I bumped into him and I'm like, hey man, I know you. He's like, who am I? And I'm like, you're Antonio Lemos, you draw the phantom. Uh. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's an older guy. He's like, he's South American. He's a bit older. Okay. You know, he does really traditional stuff like full, like oil paintings and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, and we started talking and stuff and then I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm an artist too. And I'm like, I'll show you some of my work. And he's like to me, bro, he goes, he didn't say bro, but like, he's like, you should send your stuff into the Phantom. You know, he's like, like, through is looking for, you know, local artists and stuff. Okay. You should send it in. And I'm like, I'll go, I don't, I don't know, who am I going to send it to? I've got no contact there. Yeah. And then, 
as this convo started going on, we talked about Jamie. Oh, Jamie Johnson does the Phantom. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, Jamie's my friend. And he's like, man, why don't you give your stuff to Jamie and, you know, Jamie can pass it on. Mm. I'm like, listen, man, I'm like, at that stage, I had already known Jamie for like maybe a year. Yeah. But I wasn't that tight with him. I'm like, right, listen, I don't want to look like I'm just Jamie's friend for a job mm. of the Phantom. Yeah. No, that's just, that's shit. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, I'd rather, I'd rather not, okay, than, than do that, you know? Mm. And um, he's like, all right, fuck it, look, I'll send it in for you. So he grabbed my stuff and he's like, but before I send it in, He's like, draw me a phantom piece because you have no phantom in your portfolio. Mm. And he's like, and I'll send it out to the crew and see what they say. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I done a phantom piece and I gave him some examples of work and he sent it to the phantom for me. Mm-hmm. And um, they got back to me and he's like, the dude's like, oh, you know, uh, your phantom piece, like apparently you said, where they get the licensing to print the phantom comics, oh. this company called Kings, right, they're really picky. Like really, really picky. Right. You know, so when I drew my first Phantom, mm. I took a few liberties. Like, I'm like, okay, I understand like, what he's meant to look like, mm. but, you know, I might, I don't know, I might add, like, a little seam line on his costume or something. Like, you know, I drew his eyes a little bit smaller than they usually are. Yeah. And they didn't, they're like, that's not going to get approved. Apart from that, oh. I knew the artwork wasn't, you know, wasn't that good either. Mm. But he gave me, that was the excuse. It wasn't going to be approved because his eyes were too small and, um, his face didn't look like the traditional phantom face. He oh, wow. made him a bit, yeah, giving him like a bigger nose and whatever. Oh. And um, so as I like, fix up that face for me, and we'll talk, so I fixed it up. I thought I fixed it up, I drew it. Mm-hmm. I sent it back to him and I got a lot of reply. Uh. Right? And, uh, I, sent, I, I hit him up again, no reply. And two years went past, mm-hmm. all right? And I didn't hear from him again. And then last, uh, sorry, last, this year, pretty comical day. Yeah. So, free comic book day, my local comic stores in Parramatta is called the Phantom Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know one. The guy, the, the guy who used to own the Phantom Zone, yeah. he now is one of the guys that owns the Phantom Publishing Company. Oh. So, he's the one that got my portfolio and stuff. He's the one that told me like, something to be accepted. Okay. And at free comic book day, he was there. And right. um, we started talking again, and he's like, oh, you know, I've got new work if you want to see my portfolio. Oh. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he goes, let me see. He's like, oh, he's like, you've improved heaps. He's like, like, it looks like a different artist's work, you know? Yeah. And then he goes to me, you have that old Phantom piece? I'm like, I don't have it on me. I've got it on my phone. And he had a look at it, and like, I can tell, like, this is what he really thought about it, you know? Yeah. And like, he never told me then. And he's like, listen, he goes, the shoulders, the anatomy, it's fucked up, it's not right. Yeah. You know? He goes, cut his arms off and, and redraw them and redraw the neck and this and that. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, oh, you know, maybe I'll use it. Okay. And I'm like, all right. So I went home, I just read you the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Right? I just, I just read on it from scratch. Yeah, good call. <laughs> and, um, and then he's like, yeah, like the next thing I remember, I didn't even know I got it, but he goes, I'll send it to him. And he goes, that's the money ticket. Yeah. He goes, um, let, let me shuffle things around and see where I, where I can use it. Yeah. And like, I, never, I never knew it was going to be used. I thought this was a sample. I thought this was just to see that if I was capable of drawing the phantom, you know? Yeah. So, Otherwise, like, that's why like it's half white and it's in that little circle thing because I was trying to do things to like save myself time. Oh you know? right, yeah, like, yeah. It's just a sample, so I just do this little funny window, mm. you know, and um, and whatever. Otherwise, I would have gone all out. Like, like, otherwise, I would have wanted to draw him on his horse, like shooting someone or something. You know? like, yeah. So, but I didn't know. I thought it was a sample, and he's like, "I'll just find where I can use it." I'm like, oh, fuck. And then 
I'm like, hopefully he gets back to me and says, do another piece, you know, like, do something different. Yeah. But then, a few weeks later, I'm on Facebook and someone tagged me in a post, and it's like, congratulations, you're on the back cover of the next issue. Oh, I didn't know about it, man. I didn't yeah. even, like, he didn't even tell me, so. Well, they just threw it on there and. Apparently it leaked, apparently, so, the company has two, um, like, two directors, and apparently one of them accidentally leaked, like, a minute or two early, because the um... moment it went up, I emailed the guy I knew, yeah. Glenn, and I'm like, Glenn, I'm like, I go, I just want to be sure, like, I go, I saw this thing come up on Facebook, and I'm like, you don't even have the print file, I sent you, like I said, like a low-res file, if you print this, it's going to be, you know, the colours going to be whacked, and it's going to be pixelated and shit, like, I don't want that crap, you know, I don't want to be attached to like, that sort of bad printing, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. got to let me know, and he's like, man, he goes, I'm sorry, he goes, it went up a little bit too early, I was in the middle, like, I was in the process of emailing you, Oh. So, so yeah. And that, and then you just sent them the full res file and the high quality, and they're like, "Yeah, congrats." Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so. That's 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 just like, show goes to show that you should just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and just go back to because, yeah, that's crazy. Because but the thing is that piece, man, is like you've all you've probably at this point built your phantom style by just doing that window like yeah. like accidentally by doing yeah. that window they're going to start asking you for more so that people recognize that it's your work for more like that window style thing when you do it yeah, I was more worried about getting like you know his, his physique right and stuff because I had yeah. so many people told me just remember he's not a superhero remember he's not meant to be ripped and he's not meant to be huge yeah and I remember like Think of Tarzan, think of like a, you know, someone running through the jungle. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing superheroes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the piece now because I've got, I've got like a print of the, on the wall. Yeah. And, um, and I did draw him a bit, a bit too buff, I reckon. Yeah. But I didn't give him, I didn't make him ripped, you know, I tried to, I tried to learn a lot, as much as I could about the character. Okay. Before I went through it. Oh. Not that I didn't know anything, I knew a bit about it, but I even asked, like, so he's pretty big overseas. Phantom's still got like a big following in Europe as well. Oh, really? And um, there's a few few Italian artists that draw him. Okay. So I hit up one of the Italian artists that draw him just for like a little bit of advice. I'm like, what do you, what do you reckon? You know, like, what do you, like, show me some of your work and like, tell me what you think about drawing the Phantom. Yeah. And they gave me advice and stuff. And, and after I started looking at it, I'm like, you know what, you know, like, some artists might have drawn him pretty ripped. Some artists don't. But, um, but the Phantom fans are picky, bro. Like they're, they're very yeah. traditional. Yeah. You, know, like you have you have some that are willing to to like embrace something new and different, mm. but most of them are like very like just do what you want, but stay true. You know. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's any comic book fan, though, isn't it? That, yeah. So yeah, if they're being if they're protective over him, like I understand it fully. Because he's, he's older than Batman, and uh, when yeah. I did my like, when I went into real research about him. Like, if it wasn't for Phantom, you wouldn't even have that name. Like, Phantom, like, oh, yeah. before Phantom, the comics were like, they were cowboys and Indians and, and Tarzan and stuff. And Phantom was like the first costume character. So he's yeah. the bridge between those old Western comics and superhero comics. Yeah, so, I didn't really, I haven't. It's very important. I, I, I had, didn't even really think about, like, him being late. I suppose it makes sense him being a spe- specific. Like, he probably, you probably would get, would get away with drawing him like Spider Man, I suppose, would be a good kind of gauge to draw him like but I always thought like this guy looks 
weak and wimpy. But when you think about it, I suppose he was around during the Lone Ranger and the John Carter and the, that kind of age where a buff dude wasn't really like Superman. Like even still, the early Superman drawings. Well, People didn't get as buff as they do now. Right, exactly, you know? yeah. It wasn't as many steroids and stuff, so... Yeah, like, you know? yeah. So, what they were drawing was, like, the strongest person they could think. And even yeah. these costumes, like, those costumes, they're, they're reminiscent of the strongman costumes in the circus. Yeah. And in those days, that's what, like, that's what was associated with strongman, so that gives superheroes a similar costume. That's why he's in, like, that leotard and stuff. That's why I reckon. Ah, uh, okay, you know? yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to be running around the jungle with that. I suppose he's the, the first guy wearing his underwear outside of his clothes as well. Yeah, exactly, you see? That's why he's really important. I was, it's, even though he's not as, as popular as he used to be, yeah. like, it's, to me, it's a big deal to be able to draw him. Well, he's got a strong, he's got a loyal yeah. loyal following as well. It's quite a strong, whether it's, yeah. it's no it's Batman, a, but it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's a, he's a stepping stone to what, what we know now. Like, with that... Exactly. That's why I get funny with like I'm a diehard DC guy and I'm um, like I mean I love Ninja Turtles and all the I'm a 90s kid like you you know Ninja Turtles Power Rangers that kind of thing I've got a um, real soft spot in my heart for that but I'm a diehard DC fan because I like I know that Marvel's on top right now and it's great for them they're doing real well with films and, and all that kind of thing not so much with comic books which is kind of sad because that's where all this begins. Like it's kind of good for in my in my at least DC may not be doing well with movies, but they're doing really well with um, with with comic books at least, and they're they're, they're sticking yeah. to their guns there. But it's kind of like for me, I get I get what what the Phantom fans mean in that. I'm a huge I'm a straight to the core Batman fan, and I go all the way back. Although I wasn't around, I still go all the way back to you know detective comics number 33 like where he started and he's the you know there's phantom then there's superman then there's batman and that's where it all begins and you can pretty much collate every marvel character to a dc character that came first yeah that's arguable yeah well yeah that's i like marvel man like i grew up with marvel yeah specifically spider-man and x-men i don't think even though there is that, what's that, that team from DC that was like, was like a, you know, apparently X Men ripped them off. Like they had a, I can't remember what it was, but oh, was I, like I a, couldn't even tell. That, that predates um, that predates X Men from DC. That I think it was DC, but anyway, even like even they even had a leader in a wheelchair and stuff. Like it was. Oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I think it was from DC. I'm not sure, but yeah. But anyway, like, to me, you get different things from DC and Marvel, man. Like Marvel, you know, the, the X-Men, when I was little, growing up, like, X-Men was available. You know, like, I'm, I was the, you know, we were immigrants, you know? Yeah. I was just, like, you know, you're one boy, I'm eating different food, this and that. It's mm. easy to pick up an X-Men comic and feel like, oh, these people are different too. White's so you know? popular. Not that, not that what I went through is any, if anything as bad as what, like, you know, people who really get discriminated, I didn't get discriminated against. Yeah, like, oh, you, know, you feel everyone feels like an outcast sometimes, yeah. so you can relate to X Men. Oh, Whereas yeah, man. In, in DC, I don't think you had someone like that. Like DC, I reckon their heroes are less relatable. You know, fair enough. That's just well, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think the reason why I was a Superman and Batman fan was because it was unreal. 
Like it was, yeah, it well, was yeah. something that I could escape to that was like nothing of our world. And I suppose, yeah. like that's where a lot of DC fans come from. In that, we like that's where they differ. I think is that Marvel's very grounded. And it's very you know in you in real world cities and and real world people and like people that could exist within. I think that's why that's the cinematic true. universe works so well because it is it did, can have that grounding in a real world. Whereas DC's just superpowers. The reason why the Marvel Cinematic Universe works so good is because, like you said, you believe that Spider-Man's going to school here and Tony yeah. Stark lives around the corner. Yeah. Whereas in DC, it almost feels like every one of their main characters comes from a completely different universe on their own. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine a world where a Gotham City and a Metropolis both exist because they're both too big. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's why in the movie, like I, feel, like, I didn't like it. You know? I didn't like the fact that Gotham was across the across the harbour from Metropolis and oh. I'm like well, how, how the hell can these two mega cities be so close to each other oh yeah that was just a weird that was a weird story even I didn't agree with that that was a weird never, they were never like they never said which state they were were in like Springfield in the Simpsons but yeah, yeah. they were never they were never that close they weren't across the harbour from each other yeah. that was such a convenient and really lazy writing point that yeah. but yeah I think that's and the reason why I've, I keep reading the reason why the DC characters in a modern world. So 20 years ago, 30 years ago, Batman and Superman worked because everyone liked escaping. And that's what the movies was. It was about going to the movies and seeing something you couldn't see in the real world. But now in the modern world, we're all looking for a correlation in our, in our cinema to our, mo- like our reality as well. And that's why I think Marvel didn't work all those years ago. If you think about it, that's, I reckon people say like that DC is like more for mature people, like mature readers. Yeah. And that's true in a way because like ever since I've started to get older, I've picked up more DC stuff. Yeah. You know? like, I, I hardly read any Marvel stuff anymore. Okay. But, um, but what was I going to say? I think I lost train of thought. Uh, yeah. So, but back in the day, DC was aimed for kids. Yeah. Like that's why all the Silver Age and Golden Age um, DC stuff is so hard to find in good condition because kids used to roll it up and put it in their back pocket and shit. Yeah, Whereas Marvel always yeah. aimed to, to, to you know a bit older. That's why it's easier to find like more good grade Marvel yeah. books. Yeah. people used to take care of it more. Yeah, and like, and the reason why I reckon it appealed to older people is because they're more relatable. Yeah, like, everyone's been a student at school like Spider Man. Everyone's you know it's just it's just a bit more relatable. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing, and I suppose, I suppose, also most of the real Marvel stuff, like Fantastic Four, X Men, Spider Man, that was like late seventies, early eighties. Whereas a lot of the, a lot of the DC comics that were coming out, you know, Captain Marvel, um, Superman, all that stuff, Batman, those were being sent to the war, and they were being sent to like soldiers who just burnt them for fire, fire, or you know might have just they've just lost them in the jungle or there's a lot of and like you said yeah there's a lot of kids that threw them around and they disappear and also I think there was a period in the 80s where one of the things I could be wrong though because I think it might have happened side by side where in the in the 80s everything started getting real dark like all these kitty superhero characters that's when you start getting Watchmen and you start getting yeah. X-Force and you start getting like The Dark Knight Dark Returns Rock, yeah. and <laughs> that kind of shit and everyone starts actually 
taking these comic book characters really like ridiculously seriously like absolutely you wouldn't even think them to get that dark and they do start getting really dark and that's when the I suppose that's how DC becomes that mature aged kind of kind of comic book that you can start getting into some especially with a character like Batman you could I don't know why they didn't I suppose that's where he began where he's just he's a he's fighting the real criminals and the real messed up kind of stuff that you wouldn't want your children to see in a comic book let alone in the real world yeah yeah are you a, were you a fan, Phantom fan before you before you drew that that cover or when I was younger a fair bit younger before I could like go to the comic shop on my own yeah so I'd be like well I'd get my comic books on like the Easter show show bags and yeah you know, like <laughs> news agency and stuff like that in, in the newspaper yeah so like back in not that I'm old but like when, when I was a kid like the newspaper was big man everyone would buy the newspaper on Sunday yeah. and I'd yeah, go through yeah. for the comic books yeah. And if I was lucky, there would be a Phantom comic strip in there, which was a bit cooler than, like, oh. Garfield fucking whatever else was in there, you know? Yeah. So, I always knew who the Phantom was. I didn't, like, I didn't read heaps of them. I didn't, like, I think I've read, like, maybe one or two stories, you know, of him. And then um, the movie came out. And when the movie came out, I remember, like, I went through a little phase where, like, for a good couple of months, I was, like, into the Phantom. Yeah. But it was just that movie, you know? Yeah. Like, I was just drawing Phantom, and it was, just, <laughs> it was just based around that movie. It wasn't, like, as if I was going, buying the comics and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I had, I had, like, a few Phantom comics, and I always knew who he was. But, you know, I, I, I never wanted to lie to people and say I was the biggest Phantom fan. Yeah. Because I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Hate him. I didn't I just didn't know much about him. Yeah. Now, like, to, to be honest, maybe the first full, like, full-on comic of the Phantom that I read... I know, I'm lying. I read a few more before that. Like I started, I started reading a few when like Jamie Johnson got on the covers. Ah. Oh. Yeah, because you, you want to add them to your collection. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so yeah. Oh, that's okay. what I started to pick up again. Yeah, that's. Um, I never really thought. I never like. I, you know, every comic book fan knows who the Phantom is. Like, it's not like you don't. It's not like he's. I suppose it's like Obelix and Asterix or something like that. You kind of know. Yeah. You kind of have to exactly. because, you know, you look yeah. into the history of our industry and you have to go that far back to exactly. to really the get a respect is, for it. The thing is, it's, it's hard to... Uh, the person, he's... Not that he's like out, He's not outdated. I wouldn't say he's outdated. No, not at all. Because, you know, he, he, a lot of the stuff that he fights against is relevant, but, like, he fights against pirates and stuff. Like, that's what he fights <laughs> yeah. against. Like, he's, 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 he's against piracy and... And so, uh, if you if you replace the pirates with like the enemies of today, yeah, you probably would attract a lot more readers. Oh. You know? But in saying that, in the in the issue that I'm on, inside of it, there's a story, and it's written by another Aussie dude, Dale McCarthy from Melbourne. Okay. And that is about like that's really well, well written, and that's like he's you know he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna fight pirates, and that's not like you know, we can Captain Blackbeard pirates. Yeah. Like, we're talking like you know. I like um, Captain Phillips, kind of. Yeah, so as I was saying, like, that story that Dale writes, he's fighting pirates, and, you know, I, I felt like that was really well written, and it, it felt modern, you know? Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other stories I read feel really out, outdated because they were written a long time ago. Okay. You know? and, and most of the stories that they print are all reprints. So 
So oh, not, really? They're not making new stories coming through. Like most of the issues are reprints. Oh, really? And they yeah. just recover it. Yeah, they recover it, oh, and wow. then like maybe there'll be a, there'll be like in there. There's like probably like two or three stories in the issue. Yeah. You know? Oh, and it's just like an one, anthology. You know, like, oh, wow. I mean, I've got a few in my collection that I've just picked up from Phantom Zone or wherever when I've just found them at, at um, flea markets or anything like that, yeah. garage sales and that. So I don't, but I've never really dived deep into the, I didn't realize that they just recovered and oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, I suppose we can move on to the next question real, real quick. Um, we've been, we've been talking for a while actually. It's pretty good. Um, do you have any of your own projects that you're working on, like any creator own stuff? Yeah, man, I do, but I don't know when the hell they're gonna. I'm gonna do them because I don't feel like my art is is good enough to really get started on a property. Okay. Like I, I wrote. I've got a story I want to do. Um, it's like a six issue arc. Okay. And then like I wrote the first issue, and I sent that out to a few people, and and like I got really good feedback. Which okay. I was really surprised at. Okay. Because I sent it out to a few people that they actually know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they actually know how to write. And then, and so yeah, I was surprised at the good feedback. Okay. But then I started to think, like, I was actually thinking last night, I'm like, shit, man, I'm like, you know, when the hell am I going to do this, this comic I want to do? Because, and I'm a, I'm a dickhead because I gave myself, like, it's a six issue arc. Yeah. I need six issues to tell this story. Yeah. And I don't know if my art's good enough. When the hell am I going to draw six issues, man? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I really want to. I really want to do something. I really want to like, uh, you know, make a comic. But I'm thinking it might be better to go for like a one shot, like a, like a short story, like a one shot short story. Okay. And I have an idea of something I want to do as well. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the. I, I've got. I've still got to write. I got a seven arc. The first book I did, I got a seven arc, seven story yeah. arc, which would be turned into a graphic novel. And if I wanted to go on from there, like it's the kind of story that could like yeah. be a, a monthly issue if it, if it wanted to and go on yeah. from there and, but I kind of tried to do it in volumes and you do the first story yeah. and I've I've written like eight issues of it or something seven issues of it or something like that and that that I did years ago and I like kind of that's the one I'm getting out for Oz Comic Con and that and I've got um I've got Will doing a variant cover for Oz Comic Con for me and then I I reckon I'll probably get you to do a variant cover for us for the second issue um yeah. But I'm just trying to, like, I had to let go of, I, I wrote and drew most of it and I've redone a couple pages and added some pages to the first yeah. issue, but I wrote and drew most of it back in like 2014, 2015. So it's yeah. super like behind, but I have to just, it's good. Like it is good. And I look at it and I have to look at it with fresh eyes and go, look, yeah. not, not remember all the little lines and mistakes I made and like how it's slightly out of proportion and and just kind of live with it and go, well, that's something in a time capsule of which I drew three years ago and just get it out there and no one will know. If I put it out this year, no one's going to know that I drew it three years ago until I tell them. So they'll never really realize and I've just got to see, I've just, you know, I just sent out the print run two days ago on Friday and I just kind of got to see and I got to know if people are going to like it and if they don't, then I've got 50 books that I can just give to people and, you know, give out for free but if they do then that will give me the inspiration to print the next issue and the next and just keep going from there and kind of yeah I guess like I think what, where I fucked up with is that uh, it's like the story means too much to me now yeah like I, like I feel like I wanted something 
Definitely, yeah, the quality, yeah, I get, I get yeah, what you so mean. Yeah, so that's why I want to hire a colorist and I want to, you know, hire a um, leather and, and, you know. Oh, it'll be worth it. It'll yeah, definitely want, be worth it. Good and I want to, I want to sell, and I want it to be also, like, I want it to be like a portfolio piece because, yeah. like, these days, like, the, the, the companies, they want to see finished work. Like, yeah. like, it's not enough just to see some sequential artwork like I have in my portfolio that's just, like, black and white. Yeah. Like, these guys want to see you do a project from start to finish. Yeah. And yeah, that's where, yeah. that's why I think I'm, I'm like delayed my story because it's going to take six issues to finish this. Yeah. And maybe I could just do issue one, but I won't be happy with it. That's why, that's it. Last night I was looking at your questions and I saw this and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just do a one shot. Like I'll just think of another story. Yeah. Just do a short, like one shot issue. So that way when it's done, it's done. And I have no commitment to, to, do issue two or anything like that. Well, yeah. that's the thing. That's why I just thought, well, if I put issue, my, like my issue one, it's it ends open-endedly, but it could stay where it is. Like it could stay as a portfolio piece if I wanted it to. Yeah. And it could. And look, honestly, I've done the work. I've done four or five issues at this point. So I'm going to probably do shorter runs for the next few issues. And that you never know, there might be a group of people, just a small group of people that really like it. Or it might just be yeah. family and friends that want the next issue or want the... Because I have given yeah. the whole graphic novel to a couple people in digital like PDFs and they've said oh shit yeah. where's the next book man like I want to read it I want to yeah. I want to know what happens that ended really cool what happens after that so but yeah I get what you mean when you get too attached to it I've got another after that I've got another graphic novel set that like that's my that's my big one like that's yeah. my proper like that one needs to be done in one shot it needs to be a graphic novel it can't be issue by issue because it's just a big I've basically written it like a movie like, well, I haven't yeah. finished writing it, but it's it's written like a script, movie script and it's one big story. And um, But I get what you mean with that. I've thought about doing like, you know, like uh, like you did with the Spider-Man sequentials and that kind of thing. But then I kind of went, well, I've got these stories and I would recommend it to you, man. Like when you read, you, you probably know when you do sequentials, you learn so much from yeah, yeah. the first page. You do a 20-page one-shot, you will learn so much about yourself and you will... I guarantee you can't not be better on the other side of it. Like yeah. you can't. And the best way to do it is just do your own characters, man, because then you're not, then you're not worried about getting, you know, Spider-Man's eye wrong or you're not worrying about like this, is this my style of, of Superman or is this my style of whoever it is you're yeah. drawing? It's just only you can draw this character. And then if someone else comes along and they add something to the character, that's great, but you're the guy that drew him in the first, yeah. I suppose. Like Eastman and Laird, they probably had no idea. Obviously, had no idea where the turtles would end up, but they were just drawing, drawing for fun, and they were just drawing a yeah, silly exactly. little parody thing, and it turned into what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, I recommend, man. Just just give it a go. Just do a one shot. I reckon you'll you've got you've got the chops, man. Don't you've got the chops for you. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the next um, like so. I'm working on portfolios all the time. So every time I finish a portfolio, like ten pages, yeah. I'll do another one. I'm thinking when I've done this set, my next one I'll just fucking I'll just start my own book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just do it, man. Just do it because yeah. you, you can only go so far with prints, and prints are great to keep you going and keep yeah. your social media going but you'll you'll start to like I've started to burn out with prints I had this idea of like every year I do new sets and this year I just did way too many prints just way too many and didn't spend enough time on the quality and I was like you know what if I'm going to do any more prints they're going to be things that really mean something not just like a oh you know Luke Cage is coming out so I'll do a Luke Cage drawing and sell that as a print yeah. it's kind of like I want to do a whole set of Star Wars posters and do every single Star Wars movie that's ever existed, like all, however many there yeah. is now, 10 of them, and make sure that I've got a poster for every single one, do Power Rangers stuff, I want to do like stuff that you can take international rather than just that yeah. specific year, because you yeah. can get caught up in it. Well, I noticed that, I was doing that too, man, I was like, Wonder Woman's coming out, I'll do a Wonder Woman print. Yeah. And like, when Wonder Woman came out, I got my Wonder Woman print, which I, I was actually really proud of my Wonder Woman print. I like this. Yeah, I, I love that I like one, this. Yeah. I like this. And you know what? I saw another one. I never <laughs> saw any. Yeah. I, I, then the next, that was at Supernova last year. Like, that's when I had that print ready. Yeah. And I didn't sell not one. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, man, I, I even paid a professional to color this. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. yeah. And then at OzComicon, I got it reprinted with um, gold foiling. Oh, I saw that, I yeah. Had, yeah. So I found a new printer. He's like, I do gold folio. Let me like, let me try it out for you. Oh yeah. Like, all right. And then I, then I sold. I sold it. Like, then I sold out the gold folio ones. Well, <laughs> on that con. Yeah. And then just in this last con, I sold the rest of them without the gold folio. There you go. But they didn't sell when when one woman was out. I was thinking that's probably because every freaking motherfucker did yeah. the one woman print yeah. around that time, and I had so much competition. Yeah. That even if one was pretty good, it was probably like. It, might have not even seen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that year, that year specifically. Like everyone that came to my table had a had a Wonder Woman print. From oh, dude, project. I had I had one that I did that year as well. <laughs> yeah. I did the exact so, same yeah. thing. I did the same so, thing. Yeah, as like, I, I I don't. I stopped doing that. I stopped looking at like trends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stopped, well, yeah, you've got it. I had an Infinity War print as well this, oh, I did this time too. around. <laughs> yeah. But but um but yeah, like I'm. I'm doing a lot of Ninja Turtle prints, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do. That's the thing. Like, the stuff that lasts... Like, I started doing Dragon Ball Z this year and yeah. and forgot that, like, not unlike you with the Ninja Turtles, the first thing I was drawing when I was younger was Dragon Ball Z. Like, that was... Weirdly enough, I, you'd think I was, you know, I'm a Dragon Ball fan, but I'm not that big a Dragon Ball. It was just yeah. something about the art that stuck with me all those years. And, yeah and hadn't drawn it for years and finally this year was just like fuck it let's just do a Dragon Ball suit a couple Dragon Ball super pieces and those yeah. just were gangbusters they I couldn't have predicted how well they did I think yeah. I've already done like three print runs just on that on those Dragon Ball Z stuff that I've got this year just it was phenomenal cool. how and and that's not like I mean Dragon Ball Super's new but it's one of that you've just got to really look at those things that last like if you're that yeah. one guy that's got Goku and Vegeta or you're that one guy that's got the Phantom or that one guy that's got the Power Rangers or something like that, you're 
you're going to sell that. Whereas when there's 30 people selling Wonder Woman, not everyone's going to buy all 30 Wonder Woman pieces. Exactly. They're going to find the one that they like. And yeah, especially when you've got like Jackson Casper's fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's just where you just, I just don't want to draw anything that he's drawing right now. I'm just completely that, afraid. That's of thing where like, you know, like, um, stuff like that, like stuff like what Jackson does, it, it looks a lot better on a wall. Yeah. And, and, and like, yeah, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to frame it up, and my point, my stuff is, is I, I try to make it look like a comic book page because that's what I want to do in the end, you know. Like, yeah, Tim Jackson wants to get into like concept artist stuff, so yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, like that. his stuff needs but, um, to look like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't think. Yeah, you know? I think we we could, like the stuff you and I do is comic books, and we could do sequential art outside. Like yeah. I've always thought about that. I I would love to do concept art, but I just don't have the natural style for it. Like my style doesn't push. Not unlike, I'm sure you not unlike be, you. You've got to be interested. I'm not, I'm not interested. Oh in yeah, that. that's the thing. I like it as a passing, passing fancy, but yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a concept art guy. I'd prefer to do, I'd prefer to be like the, the storyboarder or something like that. That's a little more, yeah, exactly. a little more my alley if I was going to go into movies or whatever, or like even children's books. I'm sure one day I'll come up with an idea for a children's book and, but even still, I don't know if my style fits with it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm the same. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for almost an hour and forty five minutes, so I'll finish with the last um okay. the last last questions. Um uh, I've already asked you that one. This one I just like asking because I reckon you can tell a lot about um tell a lot about a person by the music they listen to, but what yeah. would you say is your favorite album of all time? I don't have one in particular. Oh but... favorite albums, I suppose oh. then. Yeah, so I wouldn't even say this is my favorite, but this this album, like, I probably listened to the most out of any other album. Okay. Like in, in high school, I probably listened to this. No, I'm not even joking. Maybe once a day from year ten to twelve, I probably <laughs> listened to this album once a day. It's um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, the 1999 Eternal. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. shit, that's deep cuts, yeah. man. Yeah. Is, is that so, all? Like the stuff like that, like all of Bone Thugs, all, I love Bone Thugs. Um, uh, you know. Um, Nas, Ilmatic. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a good pick. What else? Yeah. Um, oh, there's a few Tupac albums I like as well. I like um, One Eyes on Me. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's mostly mostly hip hop stuff. Okay. But um, but yeah. definitely the Bone Fog stuff is what I listen to the most. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah okay. Ilmatic, fucking New York State of Mind, man. That is one of my favorite yeah. songs of all time. That's just. Yeah, I got onto that pretty late, but yeah, that's I'll, I'll agree with you on that. That's fucking awesome. All right, awesome man. That's um, that I I thought you might have been a hip hop guy. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, just talking to you, I had a feeling. Um, just to finish it off, you got any plugs? What's your What's your Instagram? What's your? Uh, my Instagram is um at instacamp underscore i double l o. Cool. And, um, I've got a Facebook as well. Um, I think it's Camilo Art. Oh yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's what that's what cool. I push, and that's what I use the most. So yeah. And that's, and that's your plan. your Phantom back covers in syndication now, eh? Yeah, it's um, it's in you can go from news agencies. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Kings Comics in the city has it. Phantom okay. Zone in Parramatta has it. Cool. Uh, that's nice. I don't know where else, but yeah, most comic shops will have it, and um, and DJ all the agencies have it. So cool, awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for 
thank you for finally we finally got around to doing this <laughs> thanks oh, for thank chatting you. with me it was good to catch up with you man i haven't really yeah. had a chance to just sit down and talk to some of the i'm really excited about doing this just talk to like illustrator friends and stuff that i know and just get to yeah. know all you guys a lot better and it's good to it was good to chat with you man yeah, all right thanks heaps bro hello hello everybody how's it going thank you very much for listening um that was a fantastic episode of the podcast uh it was very fun to finally have a friend on um and excuse me it was very exciting to finally get um some some other illustrators on and just to chat illustration and being an illustrator and comic book artists and so on and so forth i just want to thank cam for coming on as well that was fantastic um thank you for listening um, and if you are looking for Cam, his Instagram is, let me get it up on his Instagram here. Um, his Instagram is instacam underscore ILO, uh, I-double-L-O. So all of his main stuff's on there. Um, his Phantom cover is in Newsagent. You can get it at uh, Phantom Zone at Parramatta in Sydney. And you can probably get it online on um, any of the Phantom websites or eBay or anything like that if you're really looking for it. For it. Um, I just want to do some quick plugs. I will be in Gamacon in Canberra um, on August, from August 4th to 5th. Uh, hopefully I'll be there on the 5th. I'm not too sure. I think I might just be there on the 4th. Um, I will have, I have finally got printed my comic book serenade. So we will be able to finally, uh, we'll finally be selling that. We've got two variant covers. We've got some sketch covers um, that you can buy off myself and go and get your favorite illustrator or myself to draw a sketch cover on. Um, and we have a variant cover as well. There's only 20 of the variant covers, so come and get them as quick as you can. Um, other than that, I think that's it for the plugs. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. I'm trying to get my YouTube back up and running, but we're currently baby pre- preparing in the house right now, so we might actually might be struggling to do so. Um, however... Nice and short outro. We'll keep it short and sweet. This week's uh, song is from the Bone Thugs and Harmony album. Uh, East, I think it's called, what's it called? Let me have a look and find it. E1999 Eternal. Uh, that Cam said he, he it was his favourite album. Um, and he recommended to me the song of the week to be East1999. Um, so that's the song of the week. Thank you again, guys, for listening to this outro um, and hopefully I can start doing some more solo ca- casts because I've got some ideas and I haven't had a chance to do them yet um, but I will get around to doing those so I'm going to make a big long list I've got some easter egg episodes still got to do my review for The Incredibles 2 and Ant-Man although we're a little bit past that but I don't really care how I'm going to do the reviews anyway um, thank you again guys for listening have a great week and remember Go make some lemonade and stay weird. Bye. It's 1999, my niggas. Think about back in the days when the year was 89, little nigga on the grind. Gotta get my door, my crime with two in here. Steady stacking my ends, put my surf down on the clear nine nine. Hitting up the graveyard ship with real little wheel, big Wally and wishbone. Little Wally and high rollers, anyway, the white niggas so strong. Crazy bone. Much love, kept a nigga on his toes in the game Missing everyday thing, when you let you nuts hang Gotta make it grand at least daily, man Them Cleveland hustlers, never no busters Built to the heartbeat of niggas from the landfill And the old school, just survived to sit in the peak
fucking with truth. Rest in peace, little nigga. Rich, just trust that phone. No smoking, no bud. Cause a nigga motor calling. I'm a nigga when it's time to nerd. And the nine nine niggas gon' drop to the number one with the gun, so run, run. Cleveland is the city where a nigga come from, slaking them guns. Niggas that's going down, up in the same town. Get them up with a thug and a nigga with the bug and the fifth for rose. But the niggas don't come in the mud with the money. We's a nigga run up the boot out. Smoking all up, nigga, don't stiff on the road.